Hello and welcome to the 250 podcast hosted by myself, Darren Mooney, and myself, Andrew Quinn, in which we are going through the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. But this week, there's a bit of a kink, isn't there, Andrew? Yeah, this week it wasn't one of the top 250 movies. This this week it was one of the bottom 100. Yes, it was Lawnmower Man 2, as selected randomly at Andrew's behest, in order to spice things up and make things a little bit interesting. Exactly. Gods made him simple. Science made him gods. And somehow they decided to make a sequel. They made him a sequel. Yes, that's right. Lawnmower Man 2, the sequel that nobody wanted. But somehow everybody got. Yes. Let's talk about this week's film. Yes, let's. Um, so, had you seen Lawnmower Man 1, Andrew? I had not. This, this was pre-James Bond, Pierce Brosnan. It was, with his long, luxuriant hair. Yeah, yeah. He somehow made time um, in between shootings of Remington Steel. To, um, <laughs> but to be fair, I think at that point, Remington Steel was over. So this is sort of in the lull between Remington Steel and Goldeneye. Oh, okay. So like around the Mrs. Doubtfire time. So Timothy Dalton... Had kind of crashed and burned at that point. And like, okay. They were leaving the ground fallow. Uh, which I like. They don't really do that with franchises anymore. Franchises, it's now like it fails. Okay, we'll reboot it in two years. Yeah. With, with Bond, it was like, okay, Timothy Dalton did Miami Vice Bond. That didn't work. Yeah. Let's like leave it for about nine or ten years. These days, it's Tobey Maguire. It's like, hey, let, let me know when you're doing the next... Uh, Spider-Man movie. Oh, we we won't. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's another guy. Can you show Andrew Garfield in uh, <laughs> and tell him to have Tom Holland ready, please? Yeah, get the new Fantastic Four in as well. Yeah, um, dear God, it's terrible. <laughs> Four Fantastic Four films and not one of them remotely watchable. Yeah, actually, waiting a long time between reboots is 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 it isn't necessarily a good thing either. But that's really a bad thing. Not yes. necessarily a bad thing. If you'd gotten those. Four Four Fantastic Four films in rapid succession. I'd argue it would have been worse. Yeah, it's like let's let's do a Hulk movie. Oh, that didn't go well. Let's do another. <laughs> <laughs> if we keep trying, uh, just I'm the only person in the world who actually prefers uh, Ed Norton to Mark Ruffalo. Like Ed Norton seems like a man who is genuinely angry inside all the time, whereas Mark Ruffalo seems like the darkest corner himself is just a little bit douchey. This week we didn't watch any of the Hulk movies. <laughs> no, but we still have we're, some feelings. It's becoming clear how we feel about Lamorne. By <laughs> like immediately talking about other movies. Everything else. Anything well, but Welcome to 250 where we talk about anything, anything but the subject but the, of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk a lot about Robocop smoking. <laughs> <laughs> These are just some of the subjects we have lined up. Okay, so basic premise of Lawnmower Man is Pierce Brosnan is a mad scientist. And he latches upon the idea of doing scientific experimentation uh, involving cyberspace and also involving the eponymous Lawnmower Man played by Jeff Fahey. Who this, viewers... is, this is the one that um, God made simple. Yes, but science. But then science was represented by Pierce Brosnan yes. with long, luxuriant hair. By the way, I, I can't get over how luxuriant that hair was. Makes him a god. Yeah, and they 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 start this movie with um, with the um, climax of the yeah of with the, the last climax one. of the last one. So basically, yes, um, Lawnmower Man, who is called Joe, because we can't have enough. 
Christian imagery, apparently. <laughs> no? No, no, not at all. Um, but we'll get to that in a moment. Job basically goes crazy, and it's up to Pierce Brosnan, who does not appear in Lawnmower Man 2, I'm, I'm suspecting, uh, because of rights issues. Uh, nobody <laughs> well, wants Well, he to... wasn't in Max Headroom. So. No, so that, that's, that's your connection right there. Uh, defeats Job. Job desperately searches for a way out of the trap in which he's been caught. Well, but he can't go out the front door. No, he has to take a back door, Andrew. Yes. But anyway, um, so Job manages to get out, thus setting up the premise of the sequel. Of course, by the time the studio got around to commissioning Lawnmower Man 2, Jeff Fahey, who various people may remember as playing the pilot on Lost, uh, or appearing in Planet Terror... Uh, the Robert Rodriguez film, had decided to move on to greener pastures, bigger and better things, meaning that the role of Job had to be forsaken, much like Job himself. Yeah, and, and, and this 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 is um, getting back to Robocop. It's Robocop 3 where somebody throws a Molotov cocktail in Robocop's face and sets him on fire. Um, here, here, there's, there's, there's a brief... Um, Again, Robocop scene where he's 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 on the operating table being brought back. Is uh, we brought him over from county. They did reconstruction on his face. Well, they, they amputated his legs and they did amputated recon- his legs and did reconstruction on his face, yeah. which I like. It's so like you know, it, there's no suggestion that his face was horribly scarred. It's it's more like you know he needed some work done while they were chopping off the legs. They decided the Jeff Fahey look wasn't working for him. Yeah. Maybe if he looked a little bit more like Matt Frewer. Yeah, they were on the operating table and it's like, this is weird. He looks like that pilot from Lost. Yeah, we should fix that. Yeah. What if he looked like the guy from Max Headroom? <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? That's, that's insane. I've got to take lunch. Do you definitely <laughs> don't make him look like the guy from Max Headroom while I'm away. Yeah, and then we all know how it happened. Yes. So, Lawnmower Man 2 takes place in... When does it take place, Andrew? The future. It does <laughs> yeah, it says Los Angeles. The future. Which is very strange, because uh, it, the idea is to be an ambiguous sense of the future, to create something sort of like Blade Runner, even though Blade Runner is, is very precise. It looks creative. a lot like Blade it looks, Runner. It looks a lot like they found the sets from Blade Runner, and we're like, yeah, let's use these uh, cost-effective. Everyone likes Blade Runner now, right? <laughs> uh, I know it flopped on release, but we've sort of re-evaluated that. And Lawnmower Man 2 should maybe be a little like Blade Runner and like some other films that we're going to Yeah, make it, make it a little bit like the Goonies. <laughs> yeah, a little bit like the Goonies. If we could have some Jurassic Park music thrown in there. Yeah, yeah maybe some do that. Indiana Jones stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah we, 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 we can also have some uh, Teenage Mutant Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Yeah. What about a dog? Everyone likes an adorable dog. Oh, like Airbud? Sort of like Airbud, but smarter. Ah. But we'll, we'll get to all that in a moment. After that brief insight into the pitch meeting that led to yeah. Lawnmower Man 2. It's like, this, this, this is a really long elevator, right? Yeah. <laughs> the elevator got stuck. Yeah, your pitch has bullet points. Your elevator pitch should not have bullet points. It's the future. Which, But it's one of the more interesting things about setting it in the future is the fact that its title character um, is still played by... It's, it's still the, t- the child who appeared in the original Lawnmower Man. So that means that the, he was a, he was about ten years old in the original Lawnmower Man. Yeah. He's now about sixteen in Lawnmower Man Two, which yeah. means that the future is probably somewhere around two thousand, two thousand and one. Two thousand, two thousand one. Uh, Job has been fished out of the wreckage of the climax of the first film, and somehow taken into the custody of like a cap a venture capitalist firm 
the yes. Virtual Light Institute. He introduces himself. He's like, hi, I'm Jonathan Water. And it's like, oh, he's evil, isn't he? <laughs> he's got a beard, he's short, and he's wearing a business suit. Yeah, I feel like he's, he's going to speak French at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew has an uncanny sense of where this movie is going. In fact, the... Walker is sort of introduced sort of nebulously uh, before the opening credits are over. Uh, in this is a pre- after Peter Peter Pumpkin Eater. No, it's before. Like It's the sequence where we're introduced to the character of Trace, oh, which comes out, yes. of, out of nowhere in the middle of the credits. So the credits... It's, it's after the explosion and it the is back after, door. Yeah, and they find Job and stuff as well. I think it's after no, they reconstruct they, they, it. Is it not after? There's, uh, there's, there's the explosion, so that's from the first movie. And then there's the court scene. Okay. Which comes out of nowhere for somebody who's here wondering... Is, is it in black and white? It is in, it's in black and white as if to say this takes place in, in a time that is, that is not the future. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like if we had a word for it, uh, but that time has passed. Or the harp glissando. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that goes... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People are all wearing period costumes. <laughs> yeah, they're all wearing caps. Yeah, backwards. <laughs> and smoking. Yeah. Uh, no, no, they, they do that later in the film as well. But uh, Patrick Bergen, uh, who is playing the computer scientist called Trace, um, who looks like a respectable computer scientist in this scene, but is really so, stage Irish. Very stage Like, on the Irish scale, he's like Columini. They can't take me, Chip! No, this is my patent! Yeah, my patent, I tell you! Um, <laughs> shouting from the, uh, from the courts, and the judge is like, look, you have to prove that it's your patent. And apparently he loses the patent on the Chiron chip, is that what they call it? Chiron? Chiron chip. Yeah. Uh, which is positioned rather strangely in the opening credits without any context, but becomes a major plot device later on. Yeah. Um, and then basically we, we jump into the action where Job is planning to use the Chiron chip to take over the world and position himself yeah. as God. They, at the end of the credit scene, um, Matt Frewer from Max Headroom, playing Job, just barrels the camera. I think you were surprised that he didn't say, I'm back. back. Yes, he's, so there's something very Jim Carrey about Matt Frewer's performance here. <laughs> uh, we, sh- we should note, actually, that the recasting of um, Job as, as Matt Frewer is probably uh, a decision that was made by the director, Farhead Matt, um, who is, was best known in the 80s and 90s as a commercial director, but whose greatest accomplishment is the pilot to Max Headroom the iconic 80s TV show starring Matt Frewer as um, a disembodied consciousness uh, in a computer, basically managing videos. He was introduced uh, sequencing videos on MTV and Channel 4, wasn't he, if I remember correctly? Um, you're got his mind. I believe so. That sounds right. That sounds about possible. And then got his own TV show in the 80s, which Farhead Man directed the pilot, which is, is interesting. It's, sort of, it's very Red Dwarf in that it's... It doesn't look like they spent a lot of money on it, but it looks kind of like people have invested a lot of energy in it. Uh, parts of this movie you feel like they spent far too much money on. And not enough energy. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, so before we get into actually talking about the plot in, in greater detail, um, had you, we, neither of us have seen this before, right? No, no, nobody in their right mind has sat down and gone, <laughs> I need to watch Lawnmower Man 2, right? No, no. If if they were watching in the cinema, they they'd be like, "Hold on, wait a second. I bought a ticket Jurassic Park: The Lost World. What the hell's happening here?" Yeah. Um, all right. And the people who own the cinema would be like, "What? <laughs> what, <laughs> what, is what happened? Yeah. What is this? Yeah. Who put this on?" 
It's like a dog took a DVD and <laughs> plugged it in and then pushed it in with his little paw. That might make more sense later on. When you've actually seen the movie. <laughs> uh, we're very obsessed with dogs working with computers. Uh, were you aware of, were you aware of the existence of an Andrew? No. No. I can honestly <laughs> say that I knew about Lawnmower Man. Um, I think oh, everybody yeah, I knows heard about of Lawnmower Man. Man. I confused it with, um, what's that movie? Swing Blade. Really? Because he's also simple. Does he also ride a lawnmower? I know Forrest Gump does. (laughs) There's there's sort of an abundance of of mentally challenged individuals who work in lawnmowers. Kind of like lawn dogs. I kind of imagine. Um, There's Edward Scissorhands doing the topiary. Yeah. No, but when I when I heard the name Lawnmower Man, I always associated with. Have you seen Lawn Dogs with uh, Sam Rockwell? It's it's a very good film. But I keep calling it Lawnmower Man, which I think upsets people because I talk about Lawnmower Man as well, if it's a good film. Yeah, <laughs> I talk about Lawnmower Man as if it's a good film when I'm actually talking about Long Dogs, which is which is a legitimately good film. Um, it's adapted from a Stephen King novel, I believe, in the very loosest of senses. Wow. All right. So before we move into a zone, which will be a zone of spoilers, is it worth watching? So if people at home have not seen Lawnmower Man two or even Lawnmower Man, would you recommend seeking it out? Well, there was that article, I think, during the week or last week on The Guardian about, um, apparently, if you watch rubbish movies, as as we've decided to do, you talk a lot about your intelligence. Yeah, apparently, yeah, apparently, intelligent people if enjoy you, terrible movies more. Yeah, if you can appreciate irony. <laughs> Maybe you'll appreciate this movie, because there's no way you can appreciate it under any <laughs> other... a work of art. Yeah. Well, actually, we'll, we'll come back to that later on, because I think, I think there is a... A fan base for the for the movie um, there is that we sort of stumbled upon. There's a hardcore is. group of online people who are invested in the idea that Lawnmower Man, yeah, that Lawnmower Man Two is a salvageable work. That there is a work of genius buried somewhere within that little uh, pet mountain of whatever the movie ended up. Certain in. bits they would take out, <laughs> and certain bits they would insert back in. Yeah, uh, but we are not part of that. So Andrew, no, we're not. Would you say that it's worth watching? So if somebody came up to you and said, like, you, I want to watch it. I enjoyed this movie a lot. I, I was laughing a lot I, at certain points. I was. I'm not sure there are moments we were meant to be laughing. <laughs> I, I feel like there were moments where he burst out spontaneously at some of the stuff that we're probably going to talk about in a bit more depth in a moment, uh, where, where the movie was being entirely serious and earnest. It's like, this is a really cool thing. And we're going, oh my God, this is so corny. That's so stupid. Where, where it looks like a video game, or, or perhaps one of those, you know, VHS board games that you get. Where, oh yeah, yeah where you yeah. roll the dice and there's like stars going, and every once in a while like a celebrity appears and goes yeah. like, you know, <laughs> now you must choose one of your team to be sent to jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop. I feel like we had the same VHS board game. We probably did. We probably played the same VHS board game. Star Trek Next Generation. It was with Robert O'Reilly hijacking the Enterprise. (laughs) (laughs) Whosever turn it is, is rolling. Let's go. I will call you Gak. Because you are like a worm. Yes. uh, Apologies for... To Robert O'Reilly. The two people who would have got that reference seem to have met in the same (laughs) room. On the same podcast. Yeah. (laughs) 
I love Robert O'Reilly's work. Oh, um, yeah, he's 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 in a band with 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 some other Star Trek actors, isn't he? With, like Star Trek Klingon actors. Yeah, I like that. I like they the idea. That it's, very, it's very specialized. At, this, at the at the um, uh, Trekkie conferences. Oh, right. yeah. Trekkie conferences make them sound much more official than they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On so the agenda for this afternoon. Yeah, on the agenda for this afternoon. <laughs> how can we get people to start treating Klingon as a proper recognized yeah. language? Then we'll then we'll have our breakout team. Yes, um, <laughs> which will be half an hour each. Yeah. yeah. Did Replicate. you all get your name back? Yeah, replicators, factor fiction, factor <laughs> science, factor science fiction. Coffee break. Yeah, <laughs> and then networking in the evening with some light Romulan ale. Sorry, I mean, this is coming from a place of utmost affection for Star Trek, as you can tell from the references. Oh, we've just lost <laughs> all two of our listeners, who are mainly ourselves listening back. So now, having sort of made that recommendation, I would also not recommend. What I would not, I would go further than Andrew. Andrew would say, "Watch this with a sense of irony." I would say, "Do not watch this under any <laughs> circumstances, no matter how much irony there is. There are better bad movies out there." There are. There's, there's um, the uh, the character Trace in this reminded me of uh, <laughs> I, I mean, like Patrick Bergen is in uh, probably some good things. I don't know. So Law of averages says he has yeah, to. Be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and um, <laughs> he created an association with me in this movie with. With Tommy Wiseau. Yes, from the room. From the room. Yeah, I haven't actually had seen that look. the room, but he has that sort of and that intensity as well. Yeah, yeah. And that sort of gift kind for of, non sequiturs. Kind of creepiness. Yes, an incredible creepiness. But yeah, I would. I actually kind of wish I'd watched the room instead of this. <laughs> yeah, the room is amazing. <laughs> watch the room. Yeah, if you're a smart person, apparently, according <laughs> to the Guardian, you will love it. All right, so let us enter the spoiler zone. Spoiler zone. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the themes of the films. I'm doing yeah, you, you've been sufficiently warned. Yes, you have been. Sufficiently... There, there must be spoilers here for this movie that you should never watch. Yeah. Uh, so, Lone Lord Man Two is a movie about the internet. Yeah. Um, and it's made in 1996. I want to say. Um. Uh, wonder. When is it made? <laughs> to the fact machine. Lone Man 2 was made in 1996. So it, Correct, I should never have doubted you. Yes, I, I should never have doubted me either. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so Lone Man was made in 1996 at a point when the internet when was... was go- uh, this was made after GoldenEye then. Yes, or it was made around the same that time. explains why Pierce Pratt it. Oh yeah, it would have been made very, very shortly after GoldenEye. Okay. Um, which is kind of like you can imagine Pierce Brosnan sitting in his agent's office going, <laughs> we've got two scripts, we've got two scripts, Pierce. One of them is this boring revival of, a, of an old concept that Timothy Dalton murdered a little while ago. And the other one, hot off the presses, is the sequel to your biggest hit to date, Lawnmower Man. Yeah. Which do you choose? And then after, after, it's like, we have some time in between GoldenEye and what was it? Tomorrow Never Dies? Yeah. So, we have a supermarket opening in Navin, or we have a sequel for Lawnmower Man. He's like, I think I'll open the supermarket in, in Navin. Navin. He remains true to his roots. Yes. He really does. A um, lot of affection for Pierce Brosnan here, mainly because he wasn't involved in Lawnmower Man 2. No. But yeah, so it's basically the premise of the movie um, is about how scary the internet is. Yeah, there, there's, there, there's a moment when, when there, it's essentially Jonathan Walker, who's... The um, capitalist antagonist of the film. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 the um, 
I keep wanting to say Jesse Eisenberg. He's the polarizer from Aliens. No, the, 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 from the, the, um, the, the CEO of Facebook is not Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg, yeah. yeah. He's, <laughs> he's like, we can see all of the religious followers. Yeah. And, and at and, one point he's like, Joe. Show me all the hypocritical public. No, no show me all the hypocritical Democrats and who earns more than three hundred thousand dollars a year. Which, by the way, in the future, as Andrew pointed out, is probably not that much accounting for inflation. No, but this is two thousand and one, so probably three hundred thousand is still a fair amount. Yeah, well, I mean, that's like fifteen years ago. I mean, these days it's probably about four hundred billion, right? Three hundred thousand space dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. I love the fact that he singles out like democratic yeah, hypocrites. Show me all of those hypocritical democrats. Because we all know the Republicans are completely above board and would never be involved in anything questionable or hypocritical. Yeah, I, 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 at some point he's like, we're having a hypocritical democrat, Senator Greenspan. Yeah, which is which is a great senator name, isn't it? It's, oh yeah, yeah. It's this is this is who smokes a pipe, by the way. This is Alan's younger brother. Yeah, in, in case you don't get that, he's a crazy liberal. He smokes a pipe while wandering around and inspecting their premises. Exactly. What's the line he says? Because they, they, they walk into the <laughs> yeah, premise, and he's and and they basically give him they they're explaining the plot to the audience through the character of yeah. Sander Greenspan. People making the movie are like, and, this and, makes no sense to us. It's definitely not going to make any sense. To the they're, audience, yeah, they're they're in this fascist Griffith Observatory, this, yeah, Alan. yeah, which is the Virtual Light Institute, yeah, which is great because it seems to have helicopters that just hover constantly overhead and shine spotlights down on the premises yeah. on the car park, yeah, like it has a car park above ground where there's nothing but spotlights constantly roaming over, <laughs> which seems like it would be really distracting if you're trying to parallel park. That's when we're 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 getting off the theme a bit. This <laughs> this is, this is when they're giving the. The tour to, uh, to Senator, Senator Greenspan. But basically, uh, in case people in the audience don't understand what the internet is because it's 1996 and everybody's afraid of new technology. He says something like, I think he says, I'm still a little unclear how this fits together. And they're we, like, oh good, we have some exposition. Yeah, thank goodness you asked that. We have this PowerPoint <laughs> laid up in which the idea is basically they're building a virtual world to which everybody will jack in, uh, which is a phrase with... Jack which, in, jack out. Yeah, which with the movie has a great deal of fun, particularly when Matt Frewer shows up and does his best Jim Carrey impression. Was it Jack in, Jack out? What's the difference? Uh, Somebody so. stop him! <laughs> but apparently they couldn't. No, what was he smoking? And then there's this idea, basically. I'm that sorry, those are terrible. <laughs> they are terrible. But that Job controls cyberspace. And the idea is to build a virtual world in which will contain all the information in the world into which everyone can log in simultaneously. Which is, and in the movie they treat this as a ridiculous concept. It's like, imagine having a space where everybody could log in simultaneously and interact with one another. Which is the internet. Yeah. And um, which imagine exists. having one man who, who can observe all of those things. <laughs> yes. Well, yes, and it does, to be fair to it, it does sort of hit on, on that idea of privacy and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of anxiety and paranoia. From people, you always see those those um, posts on Facebook. Well, I suppose you don't. Dan. No, no, I, I'm off the grid. I'm like a trace. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm living in a shack in the middle of the Arizona. There's nobody desert. posts this like to keep your to keep your um, Facebook post private. Um, copy and paste this status, and then get rid of your Facebook account. <laughs> <laughs> One might argue that getting rid of your Facebook yeah. again is the key it's step. It's like, here. in order to keep your Facebook post private, never have a Facebook 
<laughs> it works. It works for me. It works for Darren. Yeah, my Look Facebook. him up on Facebook. Yeah. See where uh, it gets you. Yeah. And so basically, Lawnmower Man 2 seems to be the personification of that mentality. It's this idea that the internet is going to be a big, scary place in which giant corporations are going to manipulate and control you, and it's going to lead to societal anarchy um, and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, Job is basically... Job, who was a little simple in the first film, was, was uh, handicapped, mentally handicapped in the first film, um, has come back and, through being hooked up to the internet, has turned into some sort of psychotic Jim Carrey Liberace figure. I don't get what his scheme is. He wants to be immortal and to have a whole lot of people join him. Why does he need people to join him? Yeah, I'm not sure about that either. There's like this weird half-baked religious subtext of the film. Yeah. Which he, is carried over from Lawnmower Man Oh, one. he wants to be God, so he wants all, all of these people in to heaven with him. him yeah. To worshipping him. Okay. Yeah, and it, it's, I think that's a carryover of the religious... That's so bad. Yeah, does that, that make him a bad guy? Yeah, does that make Job a bad guy? <laughs> I don't think so. But it carries over from the first film, because the first film has a lot, is even heavier in its religious themes. Like, it has the priest, yes. uh, who, for example, shows up and, like, fondles Job's hair really creepily, and then whips him. Yeah, he, he asks him, first of all, what, what, what's what? the best way for you to learn this lesson? Yeah. And he's like, like, the whip. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't say, why don't you just talk me through it again? <laughs> yeah. Well, how about we use no, the blackboard this get time? Get that belt. Yeah, and we'll work it out. So yeah. There's this really make me write an essay about it. Yeah, um, give me some homework. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe provide me with some learning materials and a reading list. Uh, no, I'll just give you no, just bad. Just cut straight to the point. And then it's sort of at the end, he comes back and he kills the priest in in the church as well. In a scene that is is very clear. We are in the spoiler zone. <laughs> well, this is even the spoiler zone for Lawnmower Man, the original film. Yeah. Lawnmower Man Two sort of half-heartedly carries over that religious theme because yeah. he blesses himself. First, first thing is. Don't watch Lawnmower Man 2 if you haven't watched Lawnmower Man 1. And second thing is, don't watch Lawnmower, Lawnmower Man, Man 2. Okay. <laughs> Stop this before it starts, Andrew. Yeah. But um, there are, there's still, like, obviously the character's name is Job, and he does this thing where he blesses himself and stuff. Like, he blesses himself after yes. after he kills Senator Greenspan. In a plane. In a plane. He kills everyone else in a plane. Yeah. There are so many people who get killed in this movie. Yeah. But it, it's also just, it's a, it seems like a ridiculously inaccurate, like, very suspicious way to kill a senator, a United States senator. Gee, I'm just flying back from this meeting with this information technology firm. I hope my plane doesn't have some sort of networked malfunction on it, because that would be suspicious. But apparently the President of the United States is like, yeah, that was very sad, but let's push ahead with this networking thing. Mr. President, I'm very sorry to hear <laughs> about the... Your lap is mine. Yes, he does. He says, your lap is my lap. Oh, he says that to Senator Greenspan. No, no, and, he, he, and, and, no, he does. And another, another theme of this movie, people just being absolute creeps. I don't know <laughs> if that's a theme, I or if it's a, just a choice that everybody made. That the director made at some point. Well, if we're going the to talk about... The director was probably putting his hands on people. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Sorry for that. Right, man, if we, you're listening. We apologize for the cultural insensitivity that you've If just you will made. apologize for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he has a lot to apologize for, because I... I did a little bit of research on this, and it, it turns out that apparently Farhead Man sh wrote the movie and shot the movie. He didn't edit the movie. Apparently the studio wanted a cut that would appeal to young boys. So they ah. locked him out, of, which explains a lot, really, because the young boys love all the things that are in Lawnmower Man too, like exposition yeah. and nonsensical plots and yeah. heavy religious imagery yeah, yeah. and the future. And girls, there are a couple of girls. Yeah, 
Yeah, they, 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 and, and, and all the guys are like, whoa. Look at how hot she is. Like, there's a really creepy scene where, um, okay, well, well, no, just in terms of, because we should probably talk about Trace. If you want to yeah. talk about how people are creepy in this film, let's talk about Trace. Oh, he's So Trace, Trace is the father of a cyberspace. He's basically playing the role that Pierce Brosnan played in the first film. But Pierce Brosnan was unavailable, so like, can we get another generic Irish actor? Yeah. How does Patrick Bergen sound? Who? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I hear he's a Bergening movie star. Oh. Sorry. We love you, Patrick. We really do. <laughs> Just not for this. We should probably go back and just explain that after they stole his patent for, was it the Chiron ship? Yes. Um, he went to live reclusively, right? Yes. So he stopped looking like Patrick Bergen and sort of became like this weird Native American yeah. sort of stereotype. Like, the basically, Joe needs to crack the Chiron ship in order to do what he wants to do, which is take over the world, ha and bring people together in cyberspace. So he asks... Chief, chief creeps and codes. Yeah. <laughs> So he asked, He's definitely growing something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at the back there. Oh, of, uh, of this is sorry. This is uh, Trace. Yes, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trace is now living in a shack, and he's carrying a spear, which is yeah. kind of disconcerting. And he has a greenhouse. Yeah, and he's growing dreadlocks as well, and sort of wearing like ponchos. Like yeah. this, this this weird thing where it sort of seems he, like yeah he has this sort of a staff. He does, yeah. yeah. You know, like in the mid nineties when Hollywood sort of got all new age and sort of got all really. A, like appropriating Native American culture. So like you had Kevin Costner doing like Dances with Wolves and uh, Daniel Day-Lewis doing like uh, The Last of the Mohicans where it's like, imagine if these white men were just really friendly with Native Americans. Mm. What would that be like? Yeah, I, he'd be like some kind of trippy fool who invented some kind of Chiron ship. Yeah. He actually says you're no tripping fool at one point. Yeah, this is it, how... it's like trippy fool invented some kind of Chiron ship. He's like, what did you say? Oh, nothing, no, sir. Nothing. Nothing, it's nothing, just sir. terrible dialogue. Yeah. Um, but they managed to track him down, which is odd. For a scientist who's reclusive, apparently the, the kids in this movie who are ha- asked by Job to find Trace... Looked it up on the internet. Looked it up on the internet. We're able to find him. And apparently, as you pointed out, get from like the center... His Facebook of, profile. Was yeah. Like living in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here are the exact coordinates. Yeah. It's like likes and interests. Yeah. Native Americanism. Growing weed out, out the, the back, back of my apartment. Yeah, storing my computer in a box in the back of my weed shed as well, yeah. which is a lovely touch. Dislikes, talking about the past, helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs that can work at clans' computers. <laughs> but yeah, so basically, uh, tra- is it Trance or Trace? Uh, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Patrick Bergen's character um, is brought back, uh, he's brought back into the game. Um, they didn't care. They didn't care at all. At some point, he's just Doc. Yeah, Doc. So Doc basically is brought back into the game, and he decides the way to connect with Job is to hook up with his ex-fiancée, who is working with the company and is working with Job um, and with uh, Walker. How did he meet her? He <laughs> was his student. Oh, good point as well. <laughs> he, he was a creepy teacher. You know, like Trace is super <laughs> creepy as a character, right? Because your point is that they go to the library to look up to see where Job's coming from. So they look at his source code and he recognizes source code that was written by her. So he's yeah. like, can you guys like find her on the internet Googler. for me? Bring up a few pictures. Yeah. yeah, yeah. that's the first thing. It's like we've, we've got three, three Corys with, beginning with C. It's like, okay, can he's you like, br- bring up the doctor? Yeah. Bring up the doctor's picture as well. <laughs> yeah. um, and you get this really creepy. So a dead of birth. Yeah. Oh gosh, she's much younger than you. Yeah. But they do this this sequence where he sort of leans in closer to the screen. Yeah, it's a very oddly framed shot because it's like there's a picture it of her face. Fa- no, it doesn't <laughs> stop there. It's a picture of her face. Like you could see it from like six inches further back. 
You don't need to lean in and put on your glasses. You're one <laughs> step away from him sort of muttering to himself, Good. <laughs> yeah, Good. enhance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, but then, then, then yeah, how yeah. does he meet her next? So he yeah, figures so, out where she so lives. So it's like, okay, uh, we found that she's involved and you know her. So reach out to her. Yeah, reach out to her. Like, ask her for a coffee or yeah, something. No, 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 no. That's, that's not... That's, that's not, not how you approach women. No, no, no. You, you, you surprise them in a poorly lit underground. Uh, underground secluded car park. But not only that, like you hide behind a pillar as well. It's not even like you're waiting at her car and she walks up and sees you. You let her walk past you, then you step out behind her and you're like, hello. How she doesn't mason at that point, her run, is surprising. Um, it gets that That's only the first meeting that they have. The second meeting is somehow even creepier. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Late, 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 later on. Um, so they've, uh, what, they've placed the tracker on, on her on, car. On her car. Based up during yeah. that scene in the car park, just in case he wasn't creepy at all. Exactly. They followed her back. Then, then they need to get her access card. To get into the, to get to Joe. Later on in the movie. So yeah. they're like, okay, plan. Uh, plan is, we've got kids here. Kids are really useful when it comes to walking out in front of cars and getting knocked over. So we'll just run out in front of a car on the freeway, yeah. get knocked over. That'll give Patrick Bergen a chance to, to climb in. into no, our backseat. Creep in. Creep <laughs> <laughs> into the backseat. Wait until she's driving as well. It's not like introduce himself before she takes off. And he, he's like, hey. <laughs> he's like smiling. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you again. It's... Again, she's like... <laughs> There's the point at which you reach for the mace, and it's like yeah, yeah. one introduction ago. Get out of the car. Yeah. There, there can't be anything worse outside of the car than inside <laughs> yeah. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but I love the idea that even when he's stopping the car, right? which is, which is, by the way, just how creepy Trace is. He's like, I have kids. Let's put him in front of the car and hope they stop it. He doesn't send one kid. He's like, you know... He, he sends, sends a few kids. To be sure. one kid. Like gets caught Misses under it. the yeah, tire and, or and another the, and the car. car speeds off. Yeah, yeah, or in case there's a car in the inside <laughs> lane or something. It's like you yeah, want to yeah. send two to be sure you get it right. Exactly. They both get knocked down. Yes. Like by a car. That and was the plan. Yeah. And then they get up and walk away as if nothing happened. Crazy lady. Yeah. It's like, are you okay? Any of you dead? Oh, there's somebody in the back of my car. Let's just have a regular conversation. Yeah. So no, so that that's, that gives him a chance to rifle through her handbag while as well, and while out. she's on the phone to Walker as well at the same time, um, which the film seems perfectly okay. The film is like, oh, this is kind of cute what he's doing. It's no, 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 super creepy, super creepy. But um, so no, so that's okay. So those are our themes. It's about the internet and being creepy. Is there anything else that you were sort of There's watching? Some more on? creepiness as well. Go on, make some more creepiness on me. Um, the, 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 <laughs> The character Jonathan Walker. Oh yes, yes. There's so many moments. Himself and his um, he works, Jennifer. Who he is, works with Jennifer. Yes. Who yes. is this? In case like Walker's company, the Virtual Light Institute, is not at all subtle about its Nazism. Like its security guards are dressed in black from head to toe, yeah. with, like shiny boots. They and have caps. this sort of Nuremberg rally thing going on when <laughs> Job is like introducing his the Chiron ship to, to the, the world. world. Not like earlier in the movie, yeah, where, where 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 the kids are all introduced and Patrick Bergen is in POV, yeah, introduced like, to Job and Job. Is, yeah, Job is like, like Jim Carrey. Hey, incest is a family business. <laughs> my brother's my uncle. <laughs> 
To be fair, I, I think the line is "My brother's my father," but you capture you capture the moment perfectly. Yeah, yeah, it's um, I'm my own grandpa, uh, and then later on, it's all serious. He does kind of, but he never stops. Like Matt Frewer never stops being sort of campy and cheeky. Like there's a scene where after he murders Greenspan, where he does a little cross in the air. Yeah, but then he giggles. Like Matt, Matt Frewer seems to have come up with 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 a lot of his dialogue for it. There's there is a point where they're in um, the kids basically when they when when Patrick Bergen meets the kids and they're um, he's introduced to Job via virtual reality. Job, uh, by the way, wants access to the Chiron ship that only uh, only Patrick Bergen can grant. So he needs to prove. Don't try to figure out this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he he needs to prove that he's a responsible adult who can handle this power in a reasonable manner. Yeah. So he immediately cracks incest jokes yeah. and masturbation jokes, which the kids love. The kids adore. The kids are like, "That's our joke." Yeah. Patrick uh, Bergen, on the other hand, Trace um, yeah, sees right through it. He's like, "You're insane. Those jokes are off color." They jack out um, because they realize he's a lunatic. And Job sends some trains to crash in. Now, there is a moment where the uh, character of Job and the character of Trace are playing a sort of like a computer game against each other. Where they're, where they're controlling the... Um, the runaway train. The runaway it's train. The, the track switches. Yeah. The, the, so uh, Job is trying to ro- crash the train into the train car that the kids have taken as their home base. Yeah, Trace is trying to redirect it so that the train driver will just die somewhere else. Yeah, and all the people on oh, the yeah, train. By the way, yeah, yeah, there, is, there are so many innocent people who die during this movie. <laughs> Trace is, by the way, Trace is perfectly okay as long as the kids that he cares about don't die. Yeah, and maybe he gets to hook up with his but, former PhD student. But this is coming back to some of some of the perhaps intro, improvised dialogue. There's a scene where it's cutting backwards and forwards <laughs> between Job and between Trace, and they're playing. And, and Patrick Bergen's like, really intense. Yeah, yeah. And Matt Frewer is like, the game is a foot switch. And then it cuts back to him and he's like, the goose is caboose. <laughs> and I'm, I'm expecting to cut back and it's like, who let the juice loose around this goose? <laughs> um, like, how many times did it? It's just like, okay, your line is, the game is a foot. And it's like, uh, can I just like throw in the whole... <laughs> like, the the what, what the, could you possibly the, want to the improvise? Is loose? What Where are you the, talking about? Where did that come from? How is that relevant to this scenario right here? <laughs> here comes the pain train. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Try something out. The caboose is loose. Ooh, like the way that sounds. It kind of rolls off anything, the tongue. Yeah, but, but it rolls off the tongue. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you get the sense that a lot of the movie was sort of cut from. Um, like, these are the most usual takes of Matt Frewer being menacing that we had. Because I love Matt Frewer. I think Matt Frewer is great. Yes. I don't He's think... having a lot of fun in this movie. Looking back on the movie, there's <laughs> probably less fun for him. Yeah. Well, you kind of reckon that he's not... Why would you cast him as the antagonist? Like, you, the character description is he's a formerly mentally handicapped man who has decided to become God and take over the world. But he's also what? hilarious. But I, I'm not sure he was hilarious before Matt Frewer was cast. No, no, it's is like, what tone are we going for here? Menacing, but funny, 
It's like the Joker. About to say Batman, uh, Batman, Batman Forever. What's the Riddler with? Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. he even does that. He even does that thing. Like you know that bit in Batman <laughs> Forever where like Jim Carrey's to like Tommy Lee Jones, teach me how to punch a guy, and he sort of winds up his fist before striking. There's a sequence at the end where it's a brilliant sequence where Patrick Bergen and Matt Frewer are having a sword fight in front of a terrible green screen. But, like, Matt Frewer is basically not Patrick Gergen, and Patrick Bur- Gergen. You Patrick- expect Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. To just jump out at any point. <laughs> yeah. But Patrick Bergen's dangling off the edge, and all Matt Frewer has to do is just knock his sword off, and Bergen will oh, fall to yeah. his death. As another Jim Carrey moment. There's another Jim Carrey moment where, instead of just knocking the sword or kicking the sword like anybody would in a normal action sequence, Frewer pauses for about a second and a half to do like a spinny gesture. As baseball. As baseball. Yeah, as if to get ready, and then knocks the sword off. And you're like, this is not a menacing climax at all. It helps that in the background of that scene, as you pointed out, um, there are a couple of kids. The kids are. The if kids, you look at the background of that screen, it's like, what is going on there? Because yeah. Bergen this showed up with a dance fight yeah. with, with the Nazis. Yeah, well, that's it. Bergen showed up with the kids, but obviously the climax required Bergen to take on Frewer single handedly. Yeah. So the director's like, shit, I've got a whole host of kids here. Yeah, what are they doing? What are they, so, Who knows? They certainly don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so we could have them stand by and watch, but that's boring. Yeah. How about they run between pillars being chased by guards carrying machine guns? They could have them in another location. Yeah. Like the... the, uh, the or even just standing away from the guy with the swords. Corey, the, yeah. uh, the, the, the scientist, she's off in another room. They yeah. could, they, they they could, could be, be doing that. Yeah. But no, no. No, no. They're running between the pillars back and forth while the security guards seem to be trying to round them up in sort of like something that looks like it came from a Saturday Night Game show. Yeah. And it's it's like in the background you can see this um, kind of Batman and Robin fight scene. Yeah. You kind of imagine the sort of Benny Hill theme or something playing in the background. Yeah. But of course, if if what was happening in the foreground was anyway compelling... We you wouldn't have noticed that. Would not, no. All right. So, yes. So, I think... We, sorry, you were talking about uh, Walker... And yes. BBC before we got so off, before great. we sort of talked yes. about how creepy Trace was for another twenty minutes. Yes, yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 amazing because at one point after the Nuremberg rally for the Chiron ship, he sort of had this he's had this creepy thing going for a while, where like all he has to do is introduce himself. He's like, "Hi, I'm Jonathan Walker," and and then and then he has this I'm moment where hair gel. yeah, where the doctor comes in while he's in the loo, which is a bit creepy of her. He yeah. just, like, turns well, around to, to with his fair, fly on him. To be fair, the way the scene plays is she catches him in the corridor. He's like, oh, I don't want to have this conversation. I don't want to have this conversation. I'm into going the into the toilet. You yeah. can come join me. Yeah. Oh, oh, you have. You called my book. You like to party? Yeah. And then this this other male executive walks in and walks out. He's like, okay, this is not uh, yeah, that kind yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not that kind of party. Um, and then basically they have a conversation while Walker's at the urinal, but... Yeah, yeah, his, 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 his zip is down. Yeah, he turns around. Yeah. Like, you, the way the scene's shot, you sort of imagine that he zipped up at the urinal and turned around. But he turns around, has a, like a, a sentence or two of dialogue with her, and then you hear the zip sound, and then you see her wince. It's like, I won't be discussing the Chiron ship project any further until tomorrow it's going online. So unless you want to look at my Johnson, I suggest you leave. Oh, you haven't left yet. All right, I'm going to zip this up. I'm going to call this a, a loss. Um, yeah, it, he is super creepy. There's also the sequence where he's got two female associates. So he's got Corey and he's got Jennifer. I yeah. 
And Jennifer sort of fits more nicely with the whole Nazi aesthetic of the company that he's running out of this Nazi Griffith Observatory. Um, she's, something she, happens after that Nuremberg rally. Yeah. Well, Jennifer we don't sort of, quite know what. Yeah, she's, she's got like striking blonde hair. It's sort of in like a bob cut, in sort of an yeah. efficient Nazi cut. So Blue eyes. With, by the way, the President of the United States. <laughs> yeah. Who is, who is like, by the way, I realize that the senator who was on the, on the fence about what you're doing died under mysterious circumstances, but this should not stop you in any way, shape, or form. We should have went to you straight away. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe this wouldn't have happened. I'm sure the senator was really behind what we were doing. In fact, he told us before he was killed mysteriously. Yeah. Right. For the last thing he said before he got on that plane was, I'm going straight to tell the president what a great idea this is. We wish he had came. It turns out it doesn't matter. (laughs) Because I'm able to tell you right now how great it is. Yeah. Um, And we're going live right now, apparently. This is straight from the dead horse's mouth. Yeah. Yeah, so basically after the Nuremberg rally, there's this really odd, creepy scene where, like, Kevin Walker steps out of cyberspace with Jennifer, his... Jonathan. Jonathan Walker. Did I say Kevin Walker? Apologies. The actor is Kevin Conroy. Walker, Texas Ranger. And also also Kevin Kevin Conroy is the actor. Kevin Costner? Yeah, thank you. Uh, Darren's ability to remember names is shockingly bad. Okay, Walker steps out of cyberspace. Um, And then Jennifer, his weird Nazi sort of fetish doll sidekick, leans into his ear, whispers something. And he's like, ooh... It is, it is without a doubt, like, the best acting oh moment my. in Lawnmower Man yeah. 2. There like, is, it's the moment at which two... This kind of mime is going Between on. the two of them. Like, so she leans in, she whispers, and she pulls back. And then he sort of meets her eyes, and she meets his eyes, and they're like, it, did, you really, did you really say? Yes, I really said. Really? Now? Yes. And you can see all this, this, like, this chemistry going on between them. In this couple of seconds. That sounds sexy. Yeah, we are should. You sh- <laughs> are you sure? Yes, I'm definitely are you, sure. Are you sure? Yes. Yeah. What about Job here? Won't he go buck wild while there's no one supervising him? <laughs> yeah. Maybe oh. we should, yeah. This but, seems but, so wrong. It does, but yeah, let's, so right. let's do this. By the way, Job, turn off the computer, turn off the monitoring in my suite for the so next 23 what months. what do we think happens next? Yes, what happens next? The next time we see Walker... He's eating is, chicken wings. Is this he, is maybe five minutes later. Yes, he receives a phone call from Corey, and he just <laughs> he's answers he's it. He's taken off his, his jacket. jacket. He's it's still wearing his tie. He's still wearing his tie. And he's yeah, and he's eating chicken wings. The wee bit? No, he's eating chicken wings. He's eating chicken wings while on the phone. Yeah, we only see his top up. But I like to imagine that's sort of what Jennifer was whispering. It's like, if you come with me right now... I will get you an entire bucket of chicken wings. And like, oh my, are you sure? Yeah. A whole bucket? It's supposed to be on a diet. Yeah. It's like, don't worry, I spoke to your wife, it's fine. Yeah. Jennifer, you are a great assistant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm glad I hired you from Hitler Prep. But yes, it's a really... I hope this doesn't seem creepy to anybody watching. <laughs> anybody watching at home. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to put my arm around you while we walk back to my office. <laughs> um, yeah, it is It is stunningly, uh, stunningly creepy. Just the, the entire film is stunningly creepy in that regard. Those, those chicken wings. <laughs> They're the most innocuous thing about the movie. What did we like? What didn't we like, Andrew? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> is there any, first of all, is there anything you did like about Lord Mormon 2, apart from the irony? Uh, um, and the fact that it ended. <laughs> well, no. There, there, <laughs> I, I, I guess not. All right. There's, there's, uh, I, I did like that mime moment between the two actors. Because it was kind of like, kind of like this, is, this is the only time in the film where either of you are going to get to do acting. Um, so just go all out on it. And I like the fact that, like, despite the fact this is a movie aimed at teenagers, the teenage characters are so stupid that they need Trace around them 
to like make sure they don't get killed oh, by anything. Can I tell you something I like? Yeah, what did you like? Casual smoking mustache dudes. Oh yes, who, <laughs> who has a name? Who may or may not be Guillermo. Guillermo. We now, in fairness, we don't know whether or not that's something Matt Frewer improvised because yeah, the line is only uttered once. Yeah, my. my <laughs> I feel like Matt Brewer looked at that character actor and thought, you look like a Guillermo. I'm just going to call you that. And it's going to end up in the final cut of the film. Because it's like, it's the scene after, so after he's murdered Senator Greenspan in a terrible plane crash, and he's laughing heartily to himself. Grinning widely. Grinning widely, (laughs) laughing. Uh, Guillermo is walking through the corridor, puffing on a cigarette, because this is the future. And Uh, and because this is the 250. (laughs) There's always somebody smoking. There's always somebody smoking inappropriately. Walking through the corridors, he happens to catch through an open window the sight of, of Job looking at a television of a plane crash and laughing to himself and goes, this doesn't look right somehow. Yeah. So rather than... Like, maybe five minutes earlier, he saw some fascist with a machine gun and was like, wait a second, I'll just ignore that. Hold well, that's, on. That's this is guy looking maniacally at a screen with an exploding airplane. <laughs> and laughing to him. I have a feeling like we're on the side of evil. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you, you ever think we might be the bad guys? Because <laughs> I kind of wonder what it's like to work at the Virtual Light Institute, because they have... Later, I smoke, but I'm not evil. Yeah, later on there's like there's a sequence where an alarm goes off, and there's this shot of the computer technicians just working at a console, while like 20 Nazi security guards <laughs> carrying submachine guns come running through. This is why, one of the reasons why the senator was so concerned. He's <laughs> like, this seems a lot of power for your shady organization to have. Yeah. I'm not sure your HR department needs to be dressed like Nazis and carry machine guns. Because <laughs> there is a sequence where, and to be fair, all they know that's happened at this point is that somebody's where they shouldn't have been. But where they start firing machine guns wildly into a stairwell. <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of wondering how disciplinary procedures work at the Virtual Light Institute. Yeah, and it's it's like, um, you allowed smoke in here, won't that set off the alarms? Well, the machine guns didn't. So, uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. Although, yeah, you kind of imagine that one time Gilmero smoked in the inappropriate area and was surrounded by 30 armed security guards. Yeah, just riddled with bullets. Yeah. By the way, some people in this movie get riddled with bullets. <laughs> <laughs> I I wonder if they died. But to be fair, yeah, Walker's sort of Walker's Nazi high security I, policy comes back to bite him in the ass. Yeah, the climax. Where Matt Frewer, I love that. Matt Frewer is like um, he he creates this image of Jonathan Walker, where for some reason it doesn't look like some um, crappy uh, poly, CGI, yeah. CGI like the rest of the movie. No, it actually looks, looks like, like the actor Walker. Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Um, and, he, and he says, there are terrorists in the building. Because this is like shoot 2002, oh, and yes. it's very prescient. Yes. Um, so, so, yeah. <laughs> no, shoot they, on sight as well. Shoot on sight, yeah. And, and don't, the, don't wait to see who it is. As soon as a door opens and there's a person, shoot them dead. Yeah, and, and, fact, and the, turn the guns on yourself afterwards. Yeah, and the security guards are very cool with this. They're like, there is nothing unusual about this situation. Seems legit. Yeah. Which is what uh, which is what Job uses to trap um, so the how, real. How is work today, Henry? Oh, I, I was <laughs> told to kill somebody on sight again. <laughs> yeah. It's like is, is this <laughs> that normal? <laughs> it happens once or twice a week. But the idea is that yeah, Job is using this then to kill uh, yeah. kill Walker. So, so basically, he Walker, traps Walker, Jennifer, and who? Henry, 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 the security Henry guard. Is this big character that comes in a lot? He's just some random security guy. He's like the Knights Nazi. Yeah. Because he's the one who, um, what's her name, knows by first name. What's... Yeah. Corey? Corey. Corey knows him by first name. Dr. Corey is walking out of a room 
It's like, oh, hi, Henry. Yeah, she and gets like, caught by this big Nazi security guard carrying, like, he's not carrying a machine gun, he's carrying a torch. Yeah. And uh, she's like, oh, hi, Henry. As if, like, this is the way that you make conversation. And then later, it's like, um, uh, he's like, oh, no, there's, there's terrorists in the building. When, when he's with Jennifer and John Walker, <laughs> it's like, you idiot, we are the terrorists. He's like, oh, we're terrorists now? Should we shoot ourselves? <laughs> Yeah, no, there's something beautiful that I've seen. It's just Henry walks by. Like, Henry Henry just gets <laughs> Henry caught in the crossfire. Yeah. yeah, he gets smacked at some point. For when, just being when, in the wrong place. When, when they break in. Yeah, because Corey shouts, like, Henry, and then Patrick Bergen punches him in the face. Yeah. Like, uh, I, 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 I feel like they're about to shoot... Uh, um, Patrick Bergen. Patrick Bergen. Um, and they're... Oh, yeah. Patrick Bergen and the kids are in a room where they're being fired at by lasers. Um, Which Job is controlling, but yeah, somehow not... kind of toying with them. Because yeah. presumably he killed him at any point. Well, at one point he shoots uh, Patrick Bergen in the arm just because he can. Yeah, doesn't, like, doesn't just slice his head clean off. No, no, and then he sort of he laughs maniacally as well. Yeah, it's like a cat playing with the food. But, yeah. uh, but Henry actually helps them escape, yeah. and then gets punched in the <laughs> in the face yeah. immediately for his help. And then, then Henry then gets riddled by bullets. Then gets riddled by bullets because he has to be walking in the same corridor as Walker. Yeah, it's a, and so he, there's about five armed guards mow them down yeah. with like a full clip of ammo <laughs> yeah. each. Yeah, um, so, and you do get shots of like you see Henry getting shot and dying, yeah. and you see Jennifer getting shot and dying, and it's left implied that Walker. Oh, of course he's dead. Of course he's dead. Or, <laughs> or is he? Yeah. Walker somehow survives, possibly through the hair grease, having granted him immortality, <laughs> uh, and survive, appears at the climax of the film. He does. He does. I, I was not expecting that. He grabs um, is Corey. It the Chiron chip or Corey. He grabs. He grabs Corey, and he wants and the Chiron chip. chip. And he has no. He grabs gun. Bergen, doesn't he? And, and it's Corey gives him the Chiron chip. Ah. I don't remember how exactly it works. He grabs somebody, grabs a hostage, demands yeah. the Chiron ship. And it's a sequence that exists purely so Job can prove... Simple Job a... can redeem himself yes. and, and push Palpatine over the... <laughs> over the edge of the, of the abyss um, into the core of the Death Star. Yeah, so... so or on Walker again gets killed, this time electrocuted. Yeah. I Be- wanted to see him blown up like the Shrek yeah. and Jaws. Yeah, can't any movie, can't every movie from now on end with somebody getting blown up like the shark from Jaws? This is Andrew's recurring complaint on the twenty four on the top on the two fifty when uh, when we watched Prisoners. His response was, "Why isn't Melissa Leo blown up like the shark from Jaws?" <laughs> when we watched, was it uh, in the name of the Father? Why isn't the British justice system blown up like the shark from Jaws? Yeah, if if um, if Daniel Day Lewis had. Uh, uh, gotten up and said, "I'm going to walk out like a free man," and then thrown this air canister <laughs> into the hands of a judge. <laughs> into the hands of a judge, yeah, and then just like shot it. Yeah, but um, that would have made for a much more satisfying conclusion, would it? Have? Yeah, absolutely. The climax is they lobotomize Job. Oh, they do. Um, but Pretty this, much. but this idea is basically that Job, having been they, lobotomized, they, they jack him off. They, Yes, they jack him off to use a term, and he's blown out of the chair in one of the se- in one of the film's most wonderfully framed <laughs> oh, sequences. It's amazing. Yeah, so like, like they they when, cut him out of cyberspace. When you ask me how do I enjoy things about this movie, and then you clarified, unironic things. Like, <laughs> That's the well. Cast. There's so many things that I enjoy, <laughs> especially ironically. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. but there's the sequence at the end where yeah, they've defeated Job in cyberspace. 
And his head is doing the Fritz thing, and he's wearing this sort of... He's wearing basically a, a piece of headgear that's short-circuiting. Yeah. And then for no reason... An Oculus Rift. An Oculus Rift. And then for no reason, um, a bunch of stuff on the right side of the room explodes, propelling him at the camera that's sitting on the left side of the room. And you're like, Jesus, Virtual Light Institute obviously never nice heard of fuses. Soft, chunky dummy just, like, flies across <laughs> the screen. Right at the screen. It's amazing. It is. It's glorious. Uh, but anyway... Walker appears at the end. Job helps kill him to prove that now that he's been lobotomized, he's good again. He does. And the movie ends with a super happy fun ending where yeah, they take Job out into the Job sun is in a wheelchair. Out in a wheelchair and seems to be rocking his head back, kind of like yeah. and and there's no dialogue, like grinning and laughing. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, ah. Yeah, there, there's no sense of like how aware of himself Job is at this point. Yeah, it's like oh 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 thank God we have reduced Job now to to the mentality of a child again. We should wheel him around with us a lot. Yeah, he's he's no longer evil. It's kind of yeah, it's a little more. Would this happen to any child if you gave them super intelligence? <laughs> <laughs> Would they try to take over the world and declare themselves God? Yeah. I, that seems to be what the what the movie is positing. <laughs> and I think it makes a convincing argument. So that's there, what that's there, what we liked. What? There, there, there's so many things I like, though. But Go on. But, the, 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 but in in like the dog. And again, this is a great example of the movie being a '90s movie. So they jack into the Matrix, yeah. and um, they're they, flying in green screen. They're flying in. You'll green believe screen. a Patrick Bergen can fly. <laughs> yeah, they're they're on these uh, wires. Sweet, yeah, wires, and then they're on these sweet red motorcycles. Because somebody like Tron. Yeah, but in order to get on a sweet uh, red motorcycle, somebody needs to put in the CD for these sweet red motorcycles. Because that's how the internet works. to the screen, and it's like... But wait, there's nobody... They're all, all the kids are jacked oh, in. Yeah, Who's going to do this? All the kids are jacked in, so... Who could possibly suppose, handle the task? I suppose task? a dog who, 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 is, who is on the keyboard has, like, uh, paws and can carry CDs in his mouth. He puts the CD... In the little slot, in using the little his mouth. slot, using his mouth, and, and then, then pushes it in with his paw, and it's like brilliant. Well, isn't there some suggestion later in the film that they like genetically engineered the dog or something? He used to I be a poodle. I feel like, yeah, he used to be a poodle, and now he smells funky. Now he smells funky because it's he's just seeping intelligence. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a little bit. It's a little bit creepy. It's uh, at the end of the movie, the dog is definitely smarter than Job. Yes. Uh, and there's a sense that that's kind of what they're they're building a little team of sort of sidekicks that are not quite as smart as uh, not quite fully developmentally. Somebody, yeah, somebody on this movie was like, "Hey, let's make the dog super smart." And yeah, well, I mean, the the dog is obviously a counterpoint to Job, right? So Job is an argument that if you make somebody super intelligent, they'll have a god complex. The dog is an argument that if you make something super intelligent. Oh. I would like if the movie ended with them all out on the balcony and then zoomed in on the dog and the dog's Just head Just staring. Yeah. yeah. It's like that's Set the up for the, the Lawnmower Man 3 Lawn Dogs. Lawnmower Dog. Yeah, yeah. Lawn Dogs. Um, sorry, <laughs> Sam Rockwell. <laughs> this really is why is you good. confuse them. Yeah, you should go see Lawn Dogs. Lawn Dogs is very good. Yeah, it, it has a hyper-intelligent dog. No, it doesn't, Andrew. No, it, <laughs> it, it takes over the world to, to virtual reality. But anyway, so that's what you like. Rock Hudson's in it. That's what you liked about the film. What didn't you like about the film? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 I felt bad for, for, for Matt Brewer. <laughs> I really did. Like, you feel like Patrick Bergen is playing at the level of his ability. We're, 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 
were you talking about about Matt Fury's kind of um, response when he's asked about? <laughs> we it? don't talk about that. <laughs> well, no. To be to be fair, uh, Fury's yeah, Fury's response. Fury doesn't necessarily like to talk about it. He talks about how um, Fred Mann was basically locked out of the editing room, and uh, he does in fairness say that he worked with Patrick Bergen and he enjoyed working with Patrick Bergen. But, oh, I I didn't. <laughs> I didn't much care for the kind of uh, racial profiling. Oh, yes, of the kids. There's a really... So, this is a movie set in Los Angeles in the future, and it ends with riots. So, it's got that sort of 90s Los Angeles anxiety to it. But... Yeah, they're they're wondering, how are they going to get this... um, uh, What is it? it? GPS tracker. Yeah. It's like, oh, um, my brother. My will, brother is really good at this. And you're like, okay, is this going to lead to a sequence where they do like a clever ruse, a clever yeah. game, like a oh, clamshell game? So he's like a really he's, good hacker. Yeah. No, no, no. He's just a young black man. Who, he's just a, yeah. He's the only black male in the group in this sort of mostly white group who basically picks up a trash can, breaks the front of the store, and picks up the GPS unit. And you're like, that's his specialist. Are we skill. reading too much into this stupid movie? I think they could have maybe considered that. I think they could. Well, particularly again in the context. Of, in the context, yeah, of Los LA, Angeles in the nineties, yeah. But I mean, the movie, the movie is aware of that fact. Well, the movie ends with riots. The movie I, is very consciously aware of like Los Angeles <laughs> and riots in the nineties. And, and another thing that I really didn't enjoy is when when did they suddenly become super spies? What like it's this guy who used to be a um, a coder uh, yeah. and used to used to he designed design the, pro- these um, yeah. chips. Yeah. Um, and then there's there's a bunch of kids. There's a bunch of kids. So and it's like, okay, we're going to break into this top secret facility twice. Twice. Um, we're also going to fight with the um, just just just. Um, so so are we going to get somebody who's like who has martial arts training or something? No, no, just us. How we're, about somebody who worked on the, on the program? No, 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 just us. Yeah, How about yeah. an insider? Uh, so we're going to get these children to fight um, grown adult Nazi security Nazi guards. Yeah, yeah. How is that going to go? Oh, we're going to kill them. <laughs> well, there's the um, there is that horrible there's, sequence. There's there's a setup and payoff. Yeah, there. There is actually where early in the film when they're giving the tour to Sender Greenspan, Corey is walking around a corner and she notices the really awkwardly non you know sort of non feng shui place television sets. That adorn the corridors. Look out for those monitors. She tells Greenspan and his, and his entourage, they'll kill you. Later on in the it movie. It seems like a very weird line. It's yeah. like, what? Partic- particularly during like a tour that you're giving to a sender. It's like, this place is not health and safety assured. It's very throwaway as well. It's yeah. like, look out for those monitors, they'll kill you. Now back to the exposition. But later on, there's a sequence in which they blatantly rip off uh, Indiana Jones. They rip it off... When they do the bit when he has to steal the Chiron ship, which is done like the introduction to Raiders of the Lost Ark, where he's like, he has to grab it off the They're pedestal. They're playing Jurassic Park music at While, this point. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's early in the film. I think at this point yeah. they're just playing Star Trek The Next Generation music. They are. But, but then later on, Patrick Bergen meets this big, unstoppable, muscular guard. Who, Punches him a few times Who he can't face. beat. And the no security response. guard is, yeah, security guard's like, ha. Ah. I don't think he, does he even smile sort of sadistically because he's like a Nazi? It's, he, he could have folded his arms and yeah. went, ha, 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 ha. At which point, sort of, Patrick Bergen punches him in the lower regions, and then it becomes an actual fight. But at yeah. one point, the guy has thrown Patrick Bergen over his shoulder, at which point Patrick Bergen sees these dangling television sets. He's like, oh, wait a minute. Ooh. You've got to watch out for these. Callback. They could kill you. Picks one up and smashes it on top of the guy's head. Yeah, I believe that was in the trailer. <laughs> it's such a great shot. Along with the dog. 
<laughs> helping put, putting the CD in. <laughs> okay, so that's what you liked and what you didn't like about the films. Was there any particular sort of memorable scenes that you were in? Um, like, what was the most? So when you think, when you look back and you think of Lawnmower Man two, what will you think? What will you recall? Matt Brewer, I guess, being being, being Jim being, Carrey. Yeah, yeah, just, just being told like, um, hey, have have fun with this. Yeah, you know? I mean, go with it. Just go yeah, with it. yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 the the dog, of course. The dog is, is, sadly didn't go on to a better career, like say Oggy from The Artist. No, <laughs> sadly he didn't become the go-to dog for the. Uh, well, I don't think he did any of those <laughs> actual um, stunts himself. Yeah. Andrew, you're spoiling it. The illusion is ruined. Just a child in a dog suit. <laughs> it's a bunch of cats. We painted a cat white. Uh, that's how it turns out on camera. Okay, so when you think of Lawnmower Man 2, there, there's nothing in particular that you sort of... Uh, like, oh! Well, Le vie continue. Which is a great line. That's, that's sort of Walker's response to, by the way, a US senator has died, which you imagine would be a big deal. We're so sorry to hear about the death of Senator Walker. Oh, well. Let me continue. Which is not a thing that people say. I've never heard it said. <laughs> at all. Not at all. What really bugged me about Lawnmower Man 2 is how blatantly it ripped off better movies. So we sort of, we went through this, right? So it's, yeah. got, it's got like this sequence, it's got the Jurassic Park music, it's got the Star Trek The Next Generation music, it's got the sequence which is like, what if we do Raiders of the Lost Ark, but with ice cubes? It's, it's got that Street Urchins thing from... from uh... Well, the Goonies and stuff. Goonies, and um, I think around that same time, um, the second Teenage Min- Ninja Mutant Turtles movie, Secrets of the Ooze. Yeah, and it's got yeah, it's and then oh, it's, by the way, where Sam Rockwell was in that, he what? was he was what? one of the street urchins. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The more you know, we're having word, a Rockwell week. We're looking back. Yeah. yeah. Um, we should really do a Sam Rockwell movie at some point in this. We should. All right, so I think that's that sort of sums it up. So we've already spoken far too much about this piece of garbage, <laughs> which which it sounds like you enjoyed a great deal. Um, I did, I did. You you know, um, I I I would recommend it with caveats um, okay. because uh, honestly, yeah, you 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 have to have something wrong with you, like like I clearly do. Here's a question, right? So. Neither of us has really seen uh, that many movies on the IMDb bottom 100. Um, so we don't really have a frame of reference. Are, are we asking whether this deserves to be on the IMDb? Yeah, so I mean, okay, we have Keep in mind, none of us have seen, like, the, the worst movies of all time. Like, Codename KOZ. Oh, actually, I have seen Saving Christmas. I haven't seen Super Babies, uh, Baby Geniuses 2. So was, uh, this, was this worse than Saving Christmas? Is Saving Christmas no. on the Christmas channel? Uh, all the time. No, saving, saving Christmas is the... It's Kirk Cameron being sort of saving Christmas from, oh. cra- from idiot liberals oh, yeah. in the parlance of Lawnmower Man 2. Like the idiot liberals. In like the movie. idiot liberals in this movie, like Senator Greenspan. Um, must be idiot liberals who are voting these down. Yeah, must be. So, there is nothing around here, around Ooh, this... I like the pun there. Dark Harvest 2, The Maze. That feels like it, it deserves to be... It doesn't deserve to be in the bottom 250. So, Lawnmower Man 2 Beyond Cyberspace is at number 61 in the worst 100 movies of all time, according to Andrew Voters. It's, uh, it's worse than the original Baby Geniuses. No, or, it's better. It's better. 
No, the, 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 no, because keep in mind, Bottom the, 100 ranks the opposite direction, so that's the worst movie. So 60. Is, oh yeah, yeah. I, so it's I, better than. Yeah, sorry. It's, I mean, I mean, it's it's worse, as in it's closer to being the number one worst <laughs> movie. So it's better at being a worse movie. It's better at being a worse movie. It's right below. Um, so Carrot Baby Top. Genius is. Carrot Top in Chairman of the Board. Better at being a good movie, but worse at being a bad, a bad movie. <laughs> and I think it's only marginally better at being a good movie. I have seen none of these movies around here. So like Prince's Face from 1959. The Oogie Loves in the Big Balloon Adventure. Actually, I think I, I might have seen that one. But, what? Um, <laughs> what? You've seen the Oogie Loves in the Big Balloon Adventure. I'm fairly sure I've seen something like that. It, Have it was you seen Buzzy Creek 2 and no. The Legend Continues? No, I haven't. I also haven't seen the... the a lot of these are sequels. The Santa Claus Double Bill. A lot of these are Christmas Bill. movies. I like that, yeah, there's a Santa Claus Double Bill at 72 and 73. So Santa Claus Conquers Santa the Martians. Everybody likes Santa Claus. What else do people like? Martians and muscles. And muscles. Yeah. Sadly, so should we put them together in the same movie? No, no, put them separately, and then they can rank together. So, like at number seventy-two, Santa Claus conquers the Martians, and at number three, because the Martians, the, the oh, Mar- Martians, <laughs> Martians, they needed conquering. Yeah, by Santa Claus as well. By Santa Claus. And then at seventy-three is Santa with muscles, starring Hulk Hogan. If you're wondering what Santa does the rest of the year, he he hits the gym, pumps some irons, and, and defeats some space aliens. Yeah, I sense this might be a Christmas special for the two fifty. It could be, yeah, yeah. Is there? There's probably a Halloween one as well that we can do. Oh, there are plenty of Halloween ones too, like uh, Boggy Creek Two and The Legend Continues, uh, or Zombie Nightmare. The listeners are like, "What are they talking yeah, about?" We have look no- at look at the bottom one hundred, and just take a look through it. it. It is something to behold. So, Andrew, very us having seen very few of the bottom one hundred movies of all time, would Lawnmower Man Two rank as one of the worst movies you have ever seen? Um. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen Battlefield Earth um, and Fallen and Asleep the during it, and, and The Room. Which I, is so I, bad, it's good. I, I want to watch The Room just, like, all the time. <laughs> always, now. Yeah, I always suggest, let's watch The Room. We should. We may take a break from the format at some point and do something feel, like The yeah, Room. Yeah, I feel like there could be a few wild cards, both bad and good. And good. So The Room and the RoboCop series. Yes. We may yeah. do an extended, <laughs> uh, extended episode discussing the RoboCop series. Exactly. All right, then. So it is one of the worst movies you've ever seen. Personally, I'm going to be honest, it's not even the worst movie that I have seen this year. Like... I would have difficulty arguing that Independence Day Resurgence yeah, I'd, is I'd, worse like, than this. Like, well, what were the expectations that people had for this movie? Because, I mean, I mean, it's not like Lawnmower Man. Lawnmower Man has a very strong cult following. And it's actually weird to say that Lawnmower Man 2 has a very strong cult following as well. But, <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I don't think it's... It is terrible, and I would not recommend watching it. But I don't think it reaches the spectacular level of awfulness. It's not entirely frivolous. No, it's it's not, and it, it, it's like trying to be a kind of a clever movie. And it, it, in, has, in a very, it has it has some terrible pandering moments, like the like the dog with the, the <laughs> with the CD, which are fun. But like, why 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 are you putting these? Darren just looked at me there, like fun. What do, and fun has no place in cinema. No, the dog is great. The dog is the, best, <laughs> the dog is one of the best things about the film. Yeah, but like, it makes no sense. It makes it a crazier movie. It, it makes it less it a believable better movie. To, to 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 think like how did this get made? 
Which 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 is a question uh, for another podcast. It's more the yeah. How did this get made? Podcast. How did this get made? Yes. But the cynic. It's more the cynicism of the like. Let's rip off Tron. Let's rip off Blade Runner. Let's <laughs> yeah. rip off. Like it's here's a list of movies that we like. Let's try wonder, and throw them. Like, like people say that even these kinds of movies, the people behind them are not so cynical. Uh, they genuinely want to make a good movie. I'm not so sure. I, I was thinking like. Hey, let's make this garbage movie. Let's just throw in a whole lot of things that people like. Hey, look at this girl. Yeah, we're going to get a... Why is Al Pacino producing this we're movie? We're going to creep in on her. Give me another cigar. <laughs> Why it's is like, Al Pacino? Hua, she got a great ass. Yeah, come... Uh, Patrick Bergen got his head all the way. Revisiting the 250 for the worst Al Pacino impressions you may have heard all week. Yeah. Since the last time you listened, you listened to the two <laughs> I like that Al Pacino is our stock voice for anybody involved in Hollywood. Hollywood just sounds like Al Pacino to us. Yes. Unless you're Jonathan Walker. In which case you sound sort of like Al Pacino but without the enthusiasm. He's like a resigned Al Pacino. But um, no, I like I honestly believe like I suspect Farhead Man, who did write the script and who did direct it, wanted to make a movie about like about the stuff you're talking about so about like cyberspace and disconnection and the fear of information technology and all this sort of networking anxiety that was the same the same time those movies like the Ness and sorry, Hackers as well I realised from listening to the podcast that I don't pronounce my THs the net I, I think we <laughs> got it though okay but uh, yeah the net and hackers and stuff like that was the point where everybody was afraid of the internet and before the matrix the matrix speed too. <laughs> cruise control yeah which is um, great let's let's remove the things that we liked about speed like piano reeves and yeah. a sense of urgency yeah and i suppose speed as well where 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 you have somebody who's good with computers who can get into every system ever yeah or, or, well s- even s- golden or even going Gold- back a bit yeah or even goldeneye has boris i am invincible yeah but who's like the he's a henchman whose ability is hacking yeah uh, my kung fu is the best or something is that him or is that somebody else Hmm. My Kung Fu is the best is... Oh. But it, it's a similar... To the fact machine. To the fact machine. My Kung Fu is stronger than yours. My, my Kung Fu is stronger than yours. Hacking context in the film The Core. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, so it dates back to Black Belt. Um, which is Black Belt magazine, which, which, which actually had the article um, a, that became the movie... Um, was it what was it Kickboxer? It was one of those Van Damme movies. Really? Like, was it The Quest? Oh no no no! The The Quest was a later version with Roger Moore. Yeah, you were of, Roger Moore of, sort of enlists him to fight in this. Yeah. Tournament, right? What's the Kumite movie? What's the Kum- is that Kumite? Kumite. It's 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 Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The, the, so the movie Bloodsport, I believe, was 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 based as well on on a. Um, Black Belt magazine article. article. Right. Yeah. Fantastic. From this, from this, um, back to the fact machine. <laughs> What's the name of that movie with with, with Ben Stiller? Um, uh, where you're gonna have to give me more. Where <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of movies with Ben Stiller. I'm, I'm gonna Meet need the more. <laughs> <laughs> Meet the Falkers. Meet the Falkers. Little Falkers. Yeah. Real world. Where, 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 where it's 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 a Less term. Less than zero. <laughs> It's a term for people who, Thunder. who have these kind of fantasies about, like... Um, oh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Uh, Bloodsport is a Walter Mitty story. 
Oh, um, okay. You're gonna have that, to explain that, that. By the way, it, it was the um, supposedly, although although the the the, the person contests this, um, U.S. soldier Frank Ducks um, is is a bit of a Walter Mitty character, according to some reports. Oh, okay. And none mean, of this stuff ever happened. I'm gonna be honest. If you tell me a Jean Claude Van Damme movie is based on a true story, I'm kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in that I'm sure that there was a person once well, uh, who did a thing. I think martial arts um, is um, martial artists are prone to, to exaggerate. Uh, exaggerate, yeah, and create fables and all these sorts of things. So there so, are so, is what you're yeah, saying. yeah. So I so I was undefeated in twenty years and fought ten thousand people and a bear. Single-handedly. Yeah. Using just At by the same voice. time. Yeah. I, I, fought, I fought the entire Red Army. Yeah. I held back. That's why they call me the Great Wall. My Kung Fu is stronger than yours. Yes. Uh, to get back to the quote. But yeah, so there's this idea in the 90s of the fear of, of internet stuff. And I think that Lawnmower Man 2 is part of that. I think that... I suspect Firehead Man wanted to do something. All right. So, let's talk about... Let's talk about what we're going to watch next week. Yes. So, what we're going to do is we're going to go and we're going to randomly generate a, a number. Now... This is for new listeners. Um, we Yes, we, we, we randomly generate a number between 1 and 250. Or in the case... Up the bottom 100, we'll the bottom 100 which we will not be touching for a while, don't worry. Yeah. We've been traumatised. What we're going to do is we'll introduce the bottom uh, 100 back into the mix in about two or three weeks once we've... Yeah, once we've we got time. tired of watching good movies. Yeah, once we've had time to forget how bad Lawn War Man feels, we'll ease ourselves back in. <laughs> yeah, once, 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 once the lessons we've learned have, have, have quickly been forgotten. <laughs> completely brushed aside, we'll let them in. So at the moment what we're going to do is we're going to pick a number between 1 and 250 and then next week we're going to watch it and discuss it. We're going to play the trailer at the end of the episode and then we're going to come back next week and watch it discuss it. So Andrew, would you do the honour of clicking the random number generator? I'm just going to press down the big, big red, red button. button. The number is 27! 27! Which, which is, I think, this the is, this highest... Is the highest number that we have had to date this is so, exciting drum roll please yeah so i think this we might actually have a good a really really good movie yeah so lo- looking at the top 10 looks pretty good number <laughs> number one is <laughs> leon the professional leon the professional from this 1994 is this is like in the early noughties people would say to you like older kids would be like have you seen leon the professional it's really good Alright, so what we're going to do is, we've both seen this movie before, I'm assuming. We have. Alright, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually play the trailer. We're going to go away, we're going to come back, we're going to talk about the trailer, and then we're going to leave you until next week. So let's take a look at Leon the Professional. Let's talk business. This guy comes to town every Tuesday. Are you free Tuesday? Yeah, I'm free Tuesday. You can't stop. What you can't see. This guy came from the outside. He was a pro. He was fast. In the art of the kill, Leon was the master. Somebody's coming up. Somebody's serious. He never missed a hit. He never got caught. You're indestructible. Bullets slide off you. You played with them. And above all else, he never had a reason to care. Until now. I like these calm little moments before the storm. My family was shot down by DEA officers. Three kids here. One of them is missing. Find her. He's opened the door. 
cuties. From the director of La Femme Nikita. If you don't help me, I'll die tonight. I can feel it. An innocent girl with no one else to turn to. What exactly do you do for a living? Cleaner. You mean you're a hitman? Cool. A perfect assassin. I need you to help me, Leon. I want to get those dirtbags who killed my brother. With someone to finally believe in. Change ankle. Remember that, Leon. I will. They're about to come face to face with the cop who's crossed the line. Bring me everyone. What do you mean everyone? Everyone! All right, everyone. <laughs> that is a glorious trailer, isn't it? Oh my god, yes. I, I really like how it sort of slowly ramps up and then just keeps going. So it, it sort of it sets out. It's it's very much a three act trailer. So you get the yeah. introduction to Leon. This is what he does. He's a professional. He's very efficient. He's a killer. He's yeah. never been connected with anyone until one day. <laughs> yeah. Then you sort of get like a weird sort of like family happy vibe where uh, Natalie Portman arrives. And you get like thirty seconds of like, oh, isn't it funny to see the hitman Natalie interacting Portman with the is a precocious young girl whose family have been murdered <laughs> brutally by a DEA agent and has taken shelter with a with a hitman. Who takes pills? Yeah. No, the DEA agent, that is. No, yeah. and, and, and then not, in the final... The man who kills people. In the final 30 seconds, then Gary Oldman sort of shows up and things get mad. Oh, yes. This, uh... So we've this, seen this before. We love it. Uh, yes. Like, I, I can say it right now. Watch this movie. Watch this movie. We won't have to do that bit next week. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> All right. So join us next week where we'll be talking about Leon the Professional. Uh, oh, but by the way, it's not, it's, not a, it's not a movie that doesn't have its problems. Well, 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 we'll, we'll be talking about, about that next yeah. week. Yeah. yeah, no. Broadly speaking, we both really, really enjoy. Andrew an was shaking yeah. during the trailer. I was, I was so like, giddy. He was so giddy. It was like Christmas. It was like Lawnmower Man 2 was suddenly worthwhile. It was like the universe had rewarded us for sitting through Lawnmower Man 2 <laughs> yes. by serving up Lee on the professional. Oh, yes. Yeah, it is. It is like, um, I think up to this point, the best trailer we had was perhaps Aliens. Yes. It's maybe saying something about us. We get really excited by these action movie sequences and trailers. We're like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> and high stakes. Yeah, we were not really sort of... Although, to be fair, when we did watch the Prisoners trailer, you were like... Oh, there was a lot of tension. Yeah. But it was nothing quite as exciting as all the explosions, no, no grenades. Payoffs. Yeah, there was no yeah. grenades and laser sights or police barriers or something. It was like somebody chuck a grenade at Paul Dano. Yeah, and then Andrew will get interested. Boom. Yeah. Um, what if instead of torturing him, Hugh Jackman just like shines a laser into the room that he's <laughs> yeah, in really yeah. tensely? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, Melissa Leo just like with a <laughs> with big an AK forty seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, and balancing from 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 the roof, yeah, um, pouncing, shooting a guy who's operating like um, I want to like porcelain store. It looks like, yeah, well, Viola Davis with a garage. Yeah. 
See, see, Prisoners is immediately a more interesting movie. And we liked Prisoners. Well, you liked Prisoners more than I did, but we both enjoyed it. I think. We well, I don't know. I, don't, I, I think the... the um, you could probably insert the part where we spoke about the Prisoners and how good Jake Gyllenhaal was in that. Prisoners will always be the first movie we did. And Leon will be the next movie we did. So thank you very much for listening, guys. And we will see you next week. And we out of here. Take it easy. Goodbye.